a brief introduction for Rick because if I gave the full introduction, we'd be here for an hour. Um, and Victor gave him one last time. I don't want to change it up a little bit. That many failures. Yeah. <laughs> he is the uh, founder and CEO of TRG International, which is this company that we're at. And thank you again for having us, Rick. Can we give a round of applause? For um, you're a member, are you on the, you're a member of the American Chamber of Commerce, and you've been on the yeah. board. No, I'm not on the board. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, just on one of the committees. Okay, one of the committees. And on LinkedIn, this is really interesting. I do a lot of my work off LinkedIn, getting leads and contacting people. And you guys know the endorsements? Yeah? For entrepreneurship, Rick has 300 endorsements. And for business strategy, 457. That's, that's remarkably impressive. And uh, he has a master's degree in strategic business management, and I'm absolutely certain that we're going to learn some interesting things from him today. So thank you so much. Um, we'll dive a little deep with you this time. And <laughs> if, uh, it's going to hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's the biggest lesson in your business career that you had to learn the hard way? The biggest lesson. Trusting the wrong people. Uh, okay. Can you go into that a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a teaser. We want the movie. Huh? <laughs> I'm an accountant. Okay. Um, I don't trust anybody. And I, I, I mean that. I really don't trust anybody. Not even myself sometimes. Um, and it's, it's very, very hard. Or I try and make it very difficult to win my trust. And, but then the big problem I have is if I trust someone, then I trust them. Okay? And um, there have been a few occasions where I've trusted the wrong people. Or maybe I let my guard down. Or they're just very good manipulators. They just got me at the right time and said the right thing. And um, I trusted them. And each time, it's been a very, very expensive mistake. So I put it this way. I made millions, and I've lost millions. And the losses are all due to people. Is there any, any, any red flags, looking back in hindsight, that you could have identified earlier and said this person is not good for my business, is not good for this relationship? Mm. Um, maybe there's a feeling of uh, it's, it's too good to be true. I mean, it's a bit tricky that because sometimes <laughs> you can make the mistake like <clears throat> they really are genuine. They really are the people you should trust. And... Okay, in the past, I haven't got it quite right. I should have trusted that person, but I trusted that person, and that one was the mistake. That one was actually was a big person. So it's like a, it's a double whammy, okay? And um, I guess it's, you know, I haven't practiced what I preached. I haven't learned from that mistake. You know, so you get burnt like that. You get really hurt like that. Um, and suddenly you don't trust anybody. And you go to the other extreme, okay? Um, 
and then after a while you get over it and you start trusting people again, you go and do it again. <laughs> so I haven't quite worked out um, what is it, okay? But I myself can't work it out, but I think I've worked out a solution to it, okay? So if I can't do it, if I can't make sure this is the real deal, I think I've found someone else who can do it for me. And you trust that person? And she's my wife. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't trust her, but I trust her. <laughs> <laughs> don't trust anyone. No, we, won't, I don't. we won't go there. <laughs> no, I, I trust her to do that because she's the one who's always said, I never trusted that guy, or are you sure? I don't, there's, 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 there's something wrong, okay? And, and she's been right, I think on reflection, 100% of the time, and that's when, no, 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 dear, you know, I'm, I'm the business guy. <laughs> you stay at home, look after the kids. I'll, don't worry, trust me. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Um, in terms of entrepreneurship, if you were to start again, a decade ago when you started, what would you, what kind of conversation would you have with yourself? Uh, so would I do anything differently? Uh, yes. Um, I definitely wouldn't do it by myself anymore. Okay. Um, I've always been a person to, I'll do it myself. Okay. Um, don't know how to do it, I'll work it out. Can't be that difficult. And um, which is a strength and a weakness. So it's a strength that it doesn't matter what the role is, I can do it. And I believe I can do it, even if I don't know how to do it, I'll work it out by tomorrow. Um, and that's never gonna scare me. Um, however, you can't do it yourself and you shouldn't do it yourself. It's a bit like, you know, you were saying that find the right person, okay? Um, so, yeah, I can do sales, but I'm the, am I the best at sales? Probably not. You know, I can do uh, accounting. Am I the best at accounting? Mm, maybe, but maybe not. Um, I can do lots of things, but am I the best at it? Okay, I could probably find someone a lot better. Um, and I guess to get out of the getting burnt by other people, I'm just making sure that I won't go into any venture anymore by myself. Even if it's handed to me on a plate, I'm just going to say no. Sure. I'm only doing it with other people, and I will never, ever, ever take the majority share again. Okay. I, I want the other people with skin in the game and you know, shouldering the burden at, at the same time. Because I, I found that a lot of people who, who I ended up trusting and saying the right things, they're really good at spending my money. They're really, really good at that. Uh, so whether they're partners, uh, employees, they're really good at spending their own money. Uh, and the, and the, I guess the litmus chest test is if you turn around to some of your people and say, right, if that was your money, what would you do? Oh, of course we wouldn't do that. It's a waste of money. Like, well, why do you just spend all my money on do doing that? Yeah. Uh, and, it, and, it, and it doesn't matter from the most junior to the most senior person. Some people have that attitude. It's not their money. It's not, that impo it's not as important. Mm -hmm. okay? 
So that is, um, I guess, a, a mindset mistake that I've made uh, within the culture, which I'm, I'm rapidly trying to, to change. So people really are more invested in, they're not going to do something because if it was their money, they wouldn't do it. Okay? And that helps you know, do the second guessing for me. Like, was I right to say we should go over there? They might say, no, if that was my money, that's crazy to go over there. Well, why? And then I'll really hear why we shouldn't go over there. So I'm, I'm learning that and, 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 and we're changing quickly. In terms of the financial aspect of business, what are some mistakes that you made and also some things you might suggest to young entrepreneurs and young executives in up-and-coming businesses, startups, small businesses? Um, I agree what you said, okay, spend little, so I'm stingy, I'm going to get them. Um, the one thing I should have done, which I didn't do, is I hate borrowing money, okay? So we've literally, in the last 25 years, borrowed nothing, it was zero leverage. That's a mistake. Okay. That's I, I believe it's a mistake. Why? Because um, where we've been presented with an opportunity to grow and we're waiting for organic growth, we haven't grown fast enough because we didn't have enough financial muscle and I was um, too chicken <laughs> to, to go out and, and, and borrow it. So again, um, that's also linked to trying to do things myself. If you're there with a partner um, or other investors, they're going to kick your ass. And just like all the you know, startups that I'm involved in, I'm in there, I'm kicking people's ass and saying, don't do that, you know, whatever. Um, there's no one doing it to me. Um, so although we feel, okay, as entrepreneurs, that, yeah, we're a very accountable and very responsible people and we know exactly what we're doing, we're Did not. Feel that? We're not. <laughs> we're not. There's, if there's no safety net, there's no one going to slap you around the face and say, don't do that, that's stupid. You know, you can just get carried away and you get that con person. Okay, that's a nasty way, but I mean, there are con people out there. They lure you into doing things and, you know, it, the, the deal is too good to be true and you're convinced it's the greatest thing since sliced bread and you do it. And then you realize, yeah, it really was too good to be true. The common theme here, Rick, is it sounds a little bit like partnership, or at least having more vantage points on your business. Mm. The, I think it's really, really important to have investors, which are like partners. You know, an investor, they may be there just as a financial investor. They're going to give some insight. They're going to look after their money. They want their return. Okay? So whether you believe in making money or you don't believe in making money, someone's going to make sure your business is making money because it needs to make money. If it isn't, it's never going to be sustainable, is it? All right. Um, if there are other people uh, who are going to partner with you, they can look after their part of the business. Okay, so if they're the specialist in sales, great. Or they're the specialist in marketing, great. That's one less thing that you have to worry about. Okay. And um, you know, how does the adage go? You know, if you want to go fast, go yourself. If you want to go further, go with others. Okay. At the end of the day. Um, if you just want to have a quick startup, get it started and bail, fine, give it a go yourself. But I've never believed in that. 
I mean, we've been going for 25 years or 26 years now. I've always believed in, I'm a bit old fashioned, um, you know, lifelong employment idea. To do that, you need a very, very sustainable business. So you've got to go with others. You absolutely must go with others. Just sort of on that theme, Rick, and you've touched on this a little bit today, but really how have some of your mistakes changed the way you work in the past and currently have changed the way you work now? As I said, anything new that, that we do, um, I will only do it with someone else. And I don't want to take the lead role anymore. Okay? That probably stopped two or three, two or three years ago. Um, I need to balance more uh, between working in the business and working on the business. Okay? And I flip-flopped between the two. Like, I'm working in the business and I don't work on it. Or I work on the business and I'm not working in it. Both of them don't work for me. They really, they really don't work for me. Um, if I was working on the business, um, I think that would only work properly if I had proper partners who had a vested interest in making sure that things are going okay. That's for sure. Dying for a question. Question. That, right? Because yeah. you said you, you don't want to take the lead anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm just curious, how, how is that, what's the advice for us if we are a little bit earlier and, and built not so much companies yet? The, um, okay, you're, you're younger than me, I think. <laughs> Most of you are younger than me. And although I still have a lot of energy, I'm a lot slower today than I was 20 years ago, 25 years ago, 26 years ago when I started this company. You know, 26 years ago, like, you don't need to sleep. What's sleep? <laughs> okay. It doesn't, you know, so what if I'm taking a call at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning? What's the problem? Okay. Am I going to do that now? You're going to be nuts. No way am I going to answer that phone, ever. <laughs> All right. You're going to write, you, you, you can say you burn out, although maybe we don't like using those words. You're going to run out of steam. Okay. You get older. You get married. You start a family. You have kids. There's that thing, what's it called? Work-life balance, whatever it's called. <laughs> okay. You might actually want to do something other than working 24 by 7. Okay. So I found that, yeah, maybe I do, you know, I'm getting older. I've got to retire at some point in time before I die. Okay. Um, how am I going to do that if there's no one to run the business? Okay. Uh, also, when I look at all the opportunities that, that, that come along, I can't do them all. I've tried, and it doesn't work. I, I just can't do it. There's just not enough hours in the day. Okay. So... Um, <coughs> I'm still entrepreneurial, I still see all these opportunities, I still get involved with all those startups, but I'm not going to run them. Okay? So that's me, I'm not saying it's the right thing to do, but there's no way I can carry on doing things by myself if I want to do another startup. It's just not going to work. Okay? But Right, right at the beginning, I thought I could do everything, I could do it all myself. <laughs> so it's maybe that, even if you're going to do it yourself, what is that point that you're going to let someone else in? That, that's, I, I don't know how to answer that question, because it's a bit late for me now. <laughs> I, I just don't know how to answer that. We'll have a Q&A with Rick. Yeah. 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 Is it Q&A time now? Well, Q&A, I don't mind. I have one more question, just one. 
And I think maybe this is, this is useful because inevitably we're all gonna make mistakes, everyone here. And you know, in your experience, what's been the best way to handle them? Because you've, you know, you've, had, such, you've had such a long career in business, um, what's been the best way to handle those things? Admit it, get over it, and just keep going. I mean, just, you, you, you know, you're gonna make mistakes. You've got to learn from it. Um, so I know we, I know everybody says that, <laughs> and they go, like, "Oops, I, you know, we went in this new product line and we just lost a fortune." Uh, um, you know, you're not going to say, "Well, it was me." Um, you need, you need to, you need to try to. Um, so I think. It's 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 a it's a mindset thing, and I think I think generally we need to change our mindset. Uh, it's all very well for 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 you as entrepreneurs, the business leaders, say, okay, admit your mistakes from time to time. Um, what, what I'm actually doing is I'm I'm changing the culture of the company back to what it was originally because I've actually realized, as I've gone back into the business over the last few years, how radically different it is from what it was supposed to be. And I look around and I say like, why the hell do we hire these people? These are not the people I would hire, you know? Um, so for those of you who know the company more intimately, you would have realized how much I've actually turned over people deliberately um, over the last two years. Even, I was trying to explain to someone, I've eliminated my succession plan, okay? My number two, number three, number four, and number five, I took them all out, okay? Because it's not gonna work. Um, so I have to uh, fix the mess that I created, or I allowed to be created. Not that I'm gonna say it wasn't me, because I allowed it to happen, so it's still my fault. And at the same time, change the mentality and look for the, the new partners or, or the, the, the next generation of people that I need. Thanks, Rick. Any questions for Rick? Um, you mentioned, uh, can you be more specific on the distinction you made between working in the business and working on the business? Hmm. Working on the business is where I should let other people run the business. Okay, um, I'm more of a strategy person. Okay, and I guess that's also one of my weaknesses, because I'm less of an execution person unless I'm doing it myself. All right, um, and I guess in the organisation I have more managers than leaders, and as I said, I still think my forte is on strategy, so I can see the opportunity before, you know, I'm, I'm the idiot who, who brings in a new product into the market and the market's never heard of it before. And it takes me years to get them to understand this is, you know, this is the, <laughs> this is it. <laughs> okay. Um, and, and sometimes I'm trying to do that so fast and I'm passing it on to others and I'm like, what the hell is this? <laughs> what are we supposed to do with this? You know? um, so really working, uh, working on the business is, is where I should be looking at, um, uh, looking at expanding the business, looking at where we are going, uh, making sure that we have the right people in place. 
rather than working in the business where I'm actually doing the job of what these people should be doing. That's not micromanaging. I wouldn't say it's micromanaging. It's just actually doing some of their jobs. Okay? And that's not... Some people say that's a lack of delegation. Okay? And, and what I've learned uh, recently um, is when you look at the... Uh, was it the five levels of awareness? Okay? Uh, so that's where you tell somebody what, what to do. So they follow you and they, they just do what they're told. Uh, and the next level is where you sell them. So you convince them it's a good idea and they do it. Uh, and then I'll skip the third level. And you go into the fourth level, okay, because you know, they're doing what you, what you wanted them to do. Uh, and then you start delegating to them. Okay? And because some of the delegation works quite well, you start saying, okay, well, I'm empowering them because I've delegated to them. They're going to do this okay. And then you wonder why they've completely screwed it up. Okay? Because they've left out step three. Okay? And step three is questioning and asking them and getting them to understand why you had step one and two in the first place. Why are they doing what they're doing? Because if they can't grasp that, um, they're just doing whatever you really told them. And they really can't, you can't empower them because they've got no idea what they were supposed to do in the first place. And that was a bit of a, a light bulb moment because I realized, oh, I, I keep seeing that happening again and again and again. We're not training people to do that questioning properly. And so they know what to do, but they don't really know why they are doing it. And the moment the goalposts move, uh, how does this work? Like pandemic comes along, what do we do now? Okay, what were we supposed to do? And then all the house of cards starts completely collapsing. Okay, so uh, that needs to change. Uh, which is why we've, you know, I've, uh, I've turned myself into a coach deliberately a few years ago, uh, and I'm, I'm bringing on lots of more coaches within the organization to convert everything into that questioning culture, and so everybody is lifting everyone else up. So it's becoming one of our, our core values now, uh, and then we're going to fix that problem from the inside. Speaking of your core values, I noticed doors are all labeled with core values, right? Correct. How long has that been there? Has that been there for 25 years or is that a newer... That, that, that came here when we moved to this building four years ago. Okay. So if you actually look at all the... Uh, it actually had our, uh, our core values of uh, which is passion, integrity, collaboration and Kaizen, which are four main values. However, we added two more uh, to them uh, two years ago. Uh, we added in innovation and coaching culture. Okay? And okay. the other names of Do the doors. Hmm? Is it working? That, do you think having them visible like that is a meaningful change in, in how things work? Um, yes, I think it is now, especially this year. Because the, the big change this year is the pandemic. Okay, and um, the big change with the pandemic is the whole organization working virtually and literally everything we do being delivered virtually, whether we want to do that or not. You know, we've always had a work from home. Like, if you don't want to come in the office, don't come in the office. And we're always delivering stuff virtually anyway, but that's a choice. 
pandemic comes along is, I don't care if you like or you don't like it, the building's closed, we're not allowed to go in it, you have to do it virtually. You can't jump on a plane and fly to wherever you're supposed to fly to, you have to deliver it virtually. Okay? And I'm finding that those people who don't like working virtually, they're finding it a lot harder. All right? Um, and so lots of things have changed because of this virtual environment, and we have to relearn how to work. Okay? Now, there's an argument that says there's been gig working and there's been working virtually for ages, forever. What, there's nothing new about the best practices around it. However, my counter-argument is that those are the people who wanted to do it in the first place. Okay? Now you multiply that number of people by 10 or whatever there is, or 100. Is that really what people want to do? No, you've got, you've got mental stress, you've got people complaining. There's all sorts of issues out there. People don't know how to work virtually. If you're suddenly plunged into that, they really don't know. Okay? Um, how do you make friends virtually when you see each other once every two weeks? <laughs> you know, in a meeting. It's really difficult. Okay? So we've, we've looked at all of that, and we've cracked the code of how to do it, I believe. And um, now I'm doing that with the employees. So it's, it's, it's changing. So all the things that we used to talk about and we assumed people should do, I've realized they didn't really do it, which is why the culture changed. And now we're, our approach to it is completely differently with a different generation of people, much younger people, and they get it right away. Okay? And now it's percolating out to the rest of the organization and it's the training that we're now giving, the online training and our approach to learning and development, which is completely changed, which is going to fix the culture within a very, very, very short time. We have time for one last quick question. Uh, what, what is the most difficulty when you decide to change company culture? What I, <laughs> again, it's a stupid thing. Um, they always say that, you, you know, when you communicate something, you need to communicate at least three times. <clears throat> okay? Um, whenever that came out, that was decades ago. It was another generation. Uh, with a pandemic, I'm finding like three, forget it. Five, hmm, ten, maybe. It, you know, to me, it's like they get it when I can see that they've got it. So the mistake is to assume that people understood what you were talking about. All right? And I guess you don't know if they don't, you don't, sometimes you struggle to find out whether they understand what you talk about because you just assume that they did. So these assumptions are terrible. Okay? Um, so should we be checking, did they get the culture? Are they walking the culture? Are they talking the culture? Can they teach the culture to someone else? Um, I just assume people are doing that. Stupid assumption. Um, so should we make sure it really happens? Do we really need to spell it out even more? Yeah, probably. Um, so the way that I've done it is... Okay, I'm a bit older than people. I, I've been through a lot of stuff. Um, all of you individually are expert in something. 
hopefully an expert in lots of things. And I think one of the hardest things is when we speak to someone who has zero knowledge about whatever we are trying to communicate to them, how good are we at communicating to them what they really need to know when their knowledge is zero and yours is through the roof? Okay? Maybe you'll bring it down, but can you bring it all the way down to their level? Okay? You might think, oh, they're not kids. <laughs> you know, and so we make these assumptions. They understand perfectly what you're saying, and they're there bright-eyed and being very polite. Yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, madam. No, madam. Pretending they understand, and they're absolutely clueless on what you've been saying. Okay? So you think that you've communicated to them. You think you have trained them, and then why are they screwing up? Okay? And are they going to come back to you and say, I don't understand? So one of the things that we've changed in our approach is, again, it's something that's so obvious, is that thing that I call reflection. Okay? So I teach people now, um, doesn't matter what you do, at the end of the week, reflect on what you've done. Okay, so you're supposed to do this task. Okay, you hit 15 road bumps. I don't care how many you hit. Why? What happened? How do we remove the road bump so the next person who comes down and does the same task, how do we make sure no road bumps? Okay? And I'm trying to do that with people who have zero knowledge. And I really mean zero knowledge. Okay? And we keep retesting everything week after week, month after month, because maybe this person spotted those mistakes and we smoothed it over. All right, get the next person in. Are there any more road bumps? They find another two. Okay? After that, get another one in. Are there any more road bumps? Okay, there are none. Okay, maybe we've got it right. Okay? Because uh, I'm finding that I, I do this with, with interns and graduate entry. They, they get the task and they don't quite understand it. They go, right, maybe I'm being stupid. <laughs> and so they ask around and they work out how to do it. And they go, great. And they get it done. And that annoys me. <laughs> Why? Because they have overcome the 15 road bumps themselves. And if we don't document that and capture it to smooth it out for the next person, the next person hits the same road bumps. And it goes on forever. We're not learning as an organization. We're not learning. All right? Maybe that person was smart enough or had enough nous to find out how to overcome it, but what if the next one isn't? Okay? And that's just one task. Imagine that throughout the whole organization. Okay, so people are just assuming, oh, it was just me, I'm, you know, I'm young, I don't know, I don't want to ask the big boss or whatever. And we're not learning. Okay? So what happens? That person goes up, and you know, how capable are they to, to train someone else? if they're not thinking on that reflecting and, and that constant improvement, okay, all that happens is the knowledge is locked with them. And when they leave, you're screwed. You lose institutional knowledge. Okay, so I'm trying to undo all of that. Okay, how do we make sure we capture every bit of knowledge? And this is scary for people because they can see what I'm doing and they're going like, you're going to make my job redundant. And I go, yeah, what you're doing at the moment, because you shouldn't be doing it, because these are very 
relatively simple tasks that are a little bit below you. Don't you want to go up a bit? You know, if all of this stuff was done by other people who have been empowered, just think of the things that you could progress to. Well, what I'm hearing a lot, Rick, is don't assume people know, and then build a culture of reflection. Absolutely. So, okay. Absolutely. Um, one last thing, do you think a fear, it's never a good idea to ask someone, do you understand? <laughs> I think that's, uh, Victor can appreciate that. Never, ever, 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 ever ask some of the question, do you mm. understand? Mm. Uh, is there, just to wrap up, is there one really good coaching question that you've learned to ask on that third level of that pyramid? Just one. Oh, on the, yeah. on the, on the ask one. Coaching, delegating, empowering. So what's a, what's a really good coaching question you've learned to ask? Depends what the context is, but uh, there are a few questions, you know, um, how do you feel about the task? Okay, and they go blah, 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 okay. Uh, and then, and what else? And what else? Mm -hmm. And they go blah, 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 and, go, and what else? Michael Bung gets And they go blah, 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 and, go, and what else? So it's like the five whys. Yeah? You just keep asking, like, you know, the five-year-old kid who says why, 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 <laughs> and you want to throttle them. Um, you have to do that with a calm face and rather than saying why, you're saying, and what else? Um, and we try and uncover everything, everything about it. Thank you. We're going to move to tea break now. Um, can everyone please give Rick a round of applause? Thank you. Thank you.